good to see you. It's been a while. We're in fall now. Where is the time gone? Is everyone doing good? You enjoying your, your fall time? What is it? Fall, fall behind, spring ahead? Is that right? When are we doing that? Do you know what day? I always forget. The first Sunday. Great. Well, that's great. Well, uh, great. Well, it's good to see everybody. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Rob, and we are right now in the middle of a series that we are, uh, we've entitled Jesus at the Center. And so we have talked about Jesus, uh, the center of our prayer life, Jesus as our righteousness, Jesus as our, our holiness, Jesus as our healer. And today I'm going to share a little bit from the, from the word uh, about Jesus as our liberator. And I think it's really going to be encouraging for you guys and for, for us. Um, and specifically, I want to talk about uh, this area that he sets us free in, has set us free in, uh, and that is condemnation. I think there's, there's been a, an overwhelming sense of people that I see in counseling and different things that, that have this heaviness on, on them. And I believe with all my heart, Jesus wants to set us free uh, from that. Uh, continually, and and it's something that I think, if we see from the Word, we can we can actually uh, walk in that freedom and see it and and realize it in our hearts because um, the Scripture clearly says because of Jesus there is now no condemnation for those in Christ. There's none, zero, and uh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but um, I did have a story <clears throat> that I wanted to share with you guys. And I'm not going to say if it's true or not. You're going to have to, you're going to have to figure that one out. But I went into the postal office yesterday, and I'm mailing a package, just getting ready for the holidays. We try to get all our Christmas gifts out by November 1st. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, we, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in line, and I get up to the counter, and I put my package up there, and the guy weighs it and looks at it, and he goes, okay, that's going to be $12.95 for two-day shipping. It'll be here by Friday. It'll be, be where you want it to go by Friday. I go, well, I, I actually need it to be there by Saturday. Well, how can we change that? And he goes, just come back tomorrow. <laughs> I thought I could do the transaction right there, but he wouldn't let me. And, and so all that to say, it's about perspective. <laughs> Sorry, Tina, you thought that was funny. I thought it was funny too. I did. Just come back tomorrow, man. It'll be there by Saturday. <laughs> Oh, all that to say, and as I get into the, the story I'm going to share with you today, it's about perspective. I always like to share little stories about how we see things. Perspective is very important, in my opinion. And so I want to pick up a story, pretty, pretty common, uh, not common, what's the word? A familiar story about Jesus talking to this woman. And it's in uh, John chapter 8. And it's going to be verses 1 through 11, and I'm going, to read out of, I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version, so it may be a little different. And by the way, these notes, all my notes are on you version, uh, just to remind you about that so you can follow along with that. So let me read this, and then we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to share with you some, some things that I, I, I think the Lord showed me from this that I think will be very encouraging, and, uh, and we can talk about it. So in verse, now this is interesting, by the way, so in the English Standard Version, they include 
the last verse of chapter 7, 53, in the beginning of this. Isn't that interesting? Some versions don't do that. Some translations just start it off. But it says, they went each to his own home. Verse 1, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down, and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, in the center of the court, is what it, what it translates to be. Let's imagine that. All eyes on this woman, caught Scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in their midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of, a, of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, he commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him in the court. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no, Lord, no one. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. This is a familiar story, but it's so powerful. And I want to I kind of break it down and share with you some, some things here because the essence of what's happening here, if, if you think about this, life itself, Jesus is life. He's referred to as Zoe life throughout scripture a lot of times in the, in the New Testament. It's, it's actually 135 times this word Zoe, the Greek word Zoe, which means God's self-existing life. That's what it means. Comes into this woman's life and changes everything. Everything's changed. Zoe life visits this woman and the Pharisees and the scribes, they certainly didn't understand that, but I think she did. Have you ever been caught in the middle of something? Caught red-handed, hand in the cookie jar? Condemned. This woman was. I can't imagine how embarrassed she must have been. Some people think that they even scammed, the, the Pharisees had, had plotted to fig, find this woman caught so they could catch her. They, they all schemed that so they could bring her and put her right in the midst and have, they were trying to accuse Jesus, but he didn't say a word. You, you catch that? He didn't say a word. Now, if you go back to the beginning, I want to point something out here too. So this Zoe life, Jesus, if you notice in verse one, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. If you follow but Jesus, if you just, just take those two words in the gospels, it's amazing how many times they come up. He chose a different way every time, but Jesus. And Mount of Olives 
is representative, many scholars believe, of a place of worship. Jesus went there often to be with his father. He actually ascended when he died uh, and, and rose again and ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. Very significant place. So he went there. That's the first thing he did. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and he began to teach. And he sat down, verse 2, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said, teacher, this woman has been caught in this very act. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I think <clears throat> I, have, I have struggled with condemnation a lot of my, my adult life and younger life. Anybody else, would, can you, would you uh, say you have? And I know the Lord knows this about us. I think that's why this story is such a powerful story, because you can't get any more scandalous of a situation if you think about it. But here's what I want to submit to you. You can hear me and you can hear anybody else say, you're not condemned. I don't condemn you. But when you hear the Lord say it to you in a personal way, it changes everything. It's like time stands still. It's like here's that woman in this picture, this story, in the middle of the, of the court, man. Everybody leaves and she's right there with Jesus. And what does he say to her? He could have said anything. Where are they? Where are your accusers? No one, Lord. Whew. And then he says, neither do I condemn you. What a, what a freeing thing to hear the Lord, Zoe life, life itself say, I don't condemn you. And if we can grasp that, that there is no condemnation for those in Christ, that we have been set free by the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. And we understand that we can set our mind on that truth. It doesn't mean that we're excused from sinning. You know, Janelle brought up a really good point when we were talking about this earlier. He, he doesn't, he says, I don't condemn you, but he doesn't condone her behavior either. And there's some, some behaviors that I know I've done that I don't think the Lord would condone either. But what does he say? Just go and go a different path, man. Go a different way. We have that choice every day. Don't look at the condemnation because you're free from it. Now, this is pre-cross, obviously, but I just thought about this. Here's God himself. And it's interesting. He writes on the ground. Back in Genesis, what happened to the ground? It was cursed. It was cursed. And I don't know. I just, as I was praying about this, I felt the Lord was just showing me these things because I, and I, I'm, I'm no Bible scholar, but here he is writing something brand new on the ground. He's writing it. Because they used the law of Moses, says this woman deserves this. He doesn't even say anything. He just bow, bends down and writes something new on something that was cursed. This woman would have been cursed to death. She would have been stoned to death. Do you see the picture? He writes something new. And I believe if, if at the end of this service, I want to pray together and, and trust that the Lord may want to write something new on our hearts. 
to set us free from any heaviness of condemnation because it's not from him. It's certainly not from him. Condemnation is one of those things that weighs on us. We carry it with us. We, we think about it. And it eats us up. The, the very Greek word just simply means penalty or punishment. It means to pronounce guilty, sentence, punishment, pass, judgment, accuse. And then I found this, this definition. To express a very strong disapproval. You're condemned. But Jesus, even in the midst of her being guilty and deserving what the law said was death, he said, neither do I condemn you. Isn't it funny how he even the playing field when he said he was without sin? Let him be the first to throw a stone. How many times I have been in a place where I've wanted to condemn somebody and accuse them? I know I have. Have you, have you been that in that way? It's so easy to do. We, we, we can carry that with us. But if we understand that we're not without sin, we have done it. But yet God says, I don't condemn you. Just go and live a different way. Man, it's freeing. Now, I want to go back to Romans uh, chapter 5 uh, for a moment, just a moment, and, and point out a few things about this word Zoe. Uh, because it's, it's, uh, it's important. Now, in, in Romans chapter 5, it starts off and it says, we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And then he gets into this, this sort of, uh, the, the difference between what Adam did and what Jesus did. And he, and he goes through that, and you can read it through. And by the way, if you look at Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 primarily, in my opinion, that, that is the heart of Paul's theology, which is freedom in Christ, identity in Christ. It's all in there. We have been co-crucified. He goes into it, man. It's powerful. But right in verse 10, he says something here. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's that word, Zoe. The, uh, let me see if, the, 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 the New Living Translation says it this way, which I think is, is really good. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. See, <clears throat> the blood we're forgiven by the blood of Christ. We're saved by his life. We're saved by his life. This woman was saved by his life, by the Zoe life. Even before he, he was crucified, he was right there speaking life to this woman. Well, if you go to verse 18 in chapter 5, it says this. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That's the same word, Zoe. 135 times in the New Testament, a quarter of which show up in the book of John. It's interesting. The book of John, some scholars refer to it as Jesus revealed as God. Isn't that right, DJ? And, and the different gospels, uh, I, I, I can't remember how they do it, but one's about him being a servant. One's about him being man. One's about him being God and, and John. And so here, Zoe life, 
God's self-existing life meets this woman and it changes the course of her very life. And I believe with all my heart, if we can stop long enough to hear the Lord say it to us, that I don't condemn you. In whatever it is you've done, wherever you are, I don't know. I just know I've done a lot of dumb stuff and stuff that I deserve, the death that I deserve, just like this woman. But when I stopped long enough, and I, years ago I had a counselor look me in the eye and we were praying together after I looked him in the eye. <laughs> I closed my eyes after that. I just thought I would just close my eyes when I'm praying. And he invited the presence of Jesus. And I just sat there. And I, and I, I just had all this condemnation on me, man, because I knew. And I had all these thoughts. And, and he helped point me to Jesus in such a way that I really felt him say, I don't condemn you. You're free. And man, it changed, it changed me. I believe we can do that today, and I believe we can do it continually. Amen? Don't you, don't you agree? Now, I have about two more hours left, so go ahead and buckle in for this. Um, I'm good. It's going to be a barn burner. No. Um, so there we go. Romans chapter 8. Preach it, brother. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. In him was life. Same word, Zoe. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Same word, Zoe. This Zoe life. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. He, Zoe life came into this crowd of these Pharisees and leaders, and they were trying to accuse Jesus. That was what their real motive was, I think. It wasn't just the woman. They were trying to accuse the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he blows them away by saying... He was without sin. Why don't you go ahead and pick up a stone? It's interesting. The older men left first. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, this Zoe life we have at our disposal right now. DJ, DJ, <laughs> DJ said this. It's hard to say, DJ. Those two letters next to each other are hard sometimes, aren't they? DJ. <laughs> Our life, Zoe life, is lived by faith. It starts with believing what God says about me or what the enemy says about me. And I could even venture to say it, we could, we could go so far to say about what I say about myself. And I, I want you to really hear me on this because that we are probably one of our biggest accusers of things we failed in. And I believe with all my heart, even tonight, God will, he'll set us free, man. He'll speak something to you that will change you for the rest of your life. Dan said this, people feel condemned that they can't stop feeling condemned. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere, this condemnation. It, it's just this heavy thing. And we, we, uh, we can walk free of it. I believe that with, with all my heart. Um, I want to give you some points here, some takeaway points, and then I just want to pray. Um, and they're in the notes there. But number one, from this story, I believe this is a takeaway point. Jesus always offers us a new perspective on our situation if we just listen. 
He'll give us a new perspective. Number two, Jesus sets free the enemy accuses. And then I put in parentheses, and we accuse ourselves. Everything Jesus did was an expression of love. He is love. I am, the great I am, is writing on the ground in front of this woman. And I believe the great I am will write something new on our hearts if, if we allow him. See, he's a gentleman, and you probably heard this. He doesn't do something unless we give him permission in our lives. Isn't that tender? Isn't that sweet? It's the way God is. He doesn't do something unless we give him permission, and then he will. He will because he knows our brokenness. He knows our hearts. Love is writing something new for this woman, and perhaps he wants to write something new on our hearts today. Number three, it says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. I, I said this, Jesus has perfected us. <clears throat> now, what I mean by this is this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, by a single offering, he, Jesus, has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. One of the ways we can understand this scripture <clears throat> is Paul refers to something that I think is important for us to understand scripture in, in the, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at the end of it. He's talking about his affliction he's in. And then he says this, very, very profound. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So there's two realms there that he describes. Eternal realm, which is unseen, and the temporal realm, which is seen. Both realms are important, but the eternal realm is a higher realm. It's a different realm. Does that make sense? And so how do you look at the unseen? Well, I believe you look at what God says about it in his word, and you begin to understand the kingdom of God. And here's what I mean by this. By one single offering, he has perfected in the eternal realm for all time those who are being sanctified. I say it this way. You are, I am, becoming in the temporal realm what we already are in the eternal realm. And in that is freedom. I don't have to beat myself up because I'm not quite there yet. It's okay. You see what I mean? It's okay. I am becoming what I already am in, in the eternal realm, which is perfected. It says in Romans 5, a familiar scripture, I love it. While we were made sinners by what Adam did, Christ made us righteous by what he did in our innermost being. That defines us. It's powerful. But we don't look at it sometimes. We get confused. We get caught off guard. So Jesus has perfected us. That's the third point. Four, number four, Jesus does not condemn us. But as Janelle reminded me, and I thought it was so good, but he doesn't condone what we do either. He says, go a different way. So if you know you've done something wrong, and if you know you've whatever, let's get that right and go a different way. It's okay. He doesn't condemn us. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. Number five, forget what lies behind and press on. Philippians chapter three, verses 13 through 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that's a, a reference to the eternal realm. I press on as I am becoming what I already am in Christ, what I already am in the eternal realm. Keep my eyes on that. And man, we can get through it. <laughs> we can get through it. And I don't care what you might be going through now in your marriage, in school, in your life, in, with your loved ones. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You know, it says that in Romans 8, by the way, right? That's verse, verse, verse 1. Then it says, because the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. One way that I, I think helps me to understand that is, you know, there's, there's a law of gravity, right? And amazingly, a huge airline jet can overcome another law. Do you know what that law is? Lift. By going a certain speed and it lifts up and it can fly. It's the same, same kind of a thing in a way. That's an easy way for me to at least picture it. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and that's the same Zoe, has set you free from the law of sin and death. It's a higher law. Isn't that amazing? I love that. I feel like I'm a jetliner, and I'm just going to go up into the earth. I'm going to fly faster. Man, how much of those things weigh, man? I mean, I know it depends on the fuel and the bag, luggage, right? Do you ever notice when they, they say, by the way, if you, have you ever put too much stuff in your bag, right? And, you, and they say, it's going to be $50 for that, sir. Sorry, you, you're two pounds over and you try to take some stuff out. Where do they say put it? In your carry-on. Isn't it the same weight? <laughs> it's the same weight. I think they're trying to pull a fast one. Really do I? I don't know. <laughs> Dan, what do you think, sir? It's the baggage handlers. It's the same weight. My goodness, man! Someone's making money. <laughs> oh, forgetting what lies behind, pressing on to what lies ahead. We cannot forget some of the things that we've done or have been done to us, but we can change our reaction to it. And we can walk in freedom because knowing that Jesus says there's no condemnation. I don't condemn you. Walk a new way. Amen. Isn't that good news? Number six, walk in your freedom. Colossians chapter two, verse six says, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. Is it up there? No, oh, it's not up there. That's okay. There it is. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord... So walk in him, and it goes on to say rooted and grounded in who he is, basically. How did you receive Jesus? Think about this. This is helping us to understand the eternal realm. I don't know about you, but I received grace upon grace, love, acceptance. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, he has made us accepted. We are accepted in the beloved. That's how we, I received him. And so Paul is saying, Colossians, walk, walk that way. Walk in that freedom. Walk in that. No, don't, don't let condemnation pull the life out of you. One of my favorite verses too, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, walk in our freedom. 
walk in it. And finally, be thankful. These are just seven points. I thought that number seven would be good. You know, it's the number of perfection in the Bible, right? Every number has meaning. The number 4,227 actually no, just means <laughs> hibiscus plant. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that number means, but I'm sure God does. All right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. That doesn't mean give thanks for everything. DJ helped me to understand this a while ago because I was struggling with it. I'm going, that makes no sense. And he said, it says in everything. So through things, we can still be thankful for the eternal realm of who we already are in Christ and not let what's happening here, which can be horrible and painful. He's not saying jump for joy when there's a death or a painful thing. He's not saying that. He's saying you can set your mind on a higher realm in, in essence, right? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, I want to take just a moment as we close and pray and just take a moment, maybe... I didn't ask you this, Janelle, but would you or someone, would you mind coming up? Oh, Marcus is going to come up and, and play some, just some worshipful music for us to just take a moment. And I'm going to pray <clears throat> and I'm going to ask the Lord to, to do what only he can do. And, um, and we'll, we'll dismiss after that because I, uh, I don't know, but what I, I, I want to encourage you to hit, if you can think of a time when you've really connected with the Lord, do you, do you, you know, can you think of a time? And it can be a moment ago, it can be 10 years ago, it can be any time. I want you to, as I'm praying, I want you to think of that place, that connection. Because a lot of times, the longer we spend in that, that place of connection, our capacity to receive grows. Sometimes our capacity is limited because we've been so traumatized and so pain, it's been so painful. But Jesus is here. And if you can find that place in your heart of that connection, wherever it is, just I want you to go there. And as you go there, I'm going to ask the Lord to, to, to do, well, I'm, I'm going to pray. And I want you, not you don't have to say it out loud, but in your heart of hearts, I want you to ask the Lord what he wants to say to you. Do you condemn me, Lord? Where are the accusers? Father, thank you so much for your great love. It's Zoe. It's God's self-existing life from eternity. And here you came and met this woman. And Lord, you set her free. You set her free. She was guilty as charged. Embarrassed. Brought in front of who knows how many people? But your love reached out beyond all of that and spoke life, freedom. So Lord, we, we come before you now and quiet ourselves and I pray that your presence would be in every heart. We would connect, go to that place where we connect with you, wherever it might be in our hearts, and our minds, and that we would just have a simple conversation 
Now, I, don't, I think some of you, I just felt as I was praying, have a heavy load of condemnation. And I, I want you to simply do this as you sit there before the Lord. I want you to ask him this, Lord, do you condemn me? What do you have to say? Lord, it's been so heavy and I've done such wrong. What do you say? What do you say, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. And I think some of us here, our thoughts have just taken us into a dark place because of this condemnation. Whatever it might be, I'm not doing enough. I, I, I'm, I'm not good enough. Sometimes the shame translates into condemnation. Shame says I've done, uh, not that I've done something wrong. I, I, there's something wrong with me. Lord, what do you have to say? Open our eyes. We thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to take a deep breath and just release it. Release any heaviness. Once you've heard what Jesus said, that's the truth. It's the truth. That's what sets us free. Thank you, Jesus. That's what sets us free. And Lord, we want to walk in our freedom. We thank you. You don't condemn us. And we can choose to walk free. And Lord, I pray you would seal what you've done in every heart here by the power of your Holy Spirit so that the enemy has no right to steal it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. I, don't, I feel better. I don't know if you guys... You guys, it's, did the Lord show you something maybe? I, I pray he did. I pray that those moments like that are, are priceless and, uh, and you can do that on your own, obviously. I, I really learned over the years that that connection point is something that you can go back to and, and relive. And, and the longer you stay in that place of connection, it's not doing, it's just the connection. Sometimes it's when you're a little kid. It's okay. The longer you stay there, your capacity to receive more of Zoe life is immensely uh, grown. So, well, good. Well, amen. <laughs>